Uh, yeah, yeah, uh huh. Alright, alright. Uh-huh. Overcame some obstacles, yeah. tightened up my opticals yeah. My focus be untoppable, unstoppable, unfloppable My words is very optimal, my style ain't very copable Ain't about the price, about what's high, stop, drop a roll Raps to make an honor roll, like stop them though Hello, Hoop fans, and welcome to another edition of the Bronze DMs Podcast I'm Stu, thanks for sliding through this episode joined by Chaboy Jay Lee and my man Nick Laven calling in from TO. Gentlemen, how we doing? What up? What up? Gentlemen, it is uh, Thanksgiving. And with that, I did some reflecting. And what I'm thankful for is it's been a journey to get to the NBA Finals. Uh, I am happy to be here. I'm happy that we're in all likelihood going to be able to crown a winner. Hopefully that's not the Lakers, probably will be. Uh, We're recording this after game four with the decisive uh, stranglehold on the series by the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Gentlemen, before we dive in, any updates, anything going on, exciting? Or are we kind of in fall chill mode right now? Uh, Very much uh, fall chill mode. I just had to look up when Thanksgiving actually was, was because you said it was today. It's, it's not. It's October 12th. Um, well, it's coming up. It's, it's, it's the season. I'm doing reflecting right now. I know. I know. But I thought that maybe for a second there, I forgot what it actually was. So <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I appreciate your, your, your reflections, and I'm also thankful. Thankful yeah. for you, Steve. I know, the, biggest, I know, the, biggest, the biggest turkey that I know. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet one. Uh, thankful for a Lakers dub tonight. That was nice. Right, yeah, Stu? saw that one coming. Took took a little bit longer than uh, I anticipated for the Lake Show to pull away there. Uh, yo, talk about uh, KCP tonight. Uh, played very well. Yeah, he was nice. He's the spark they needed. Uh, Danny Green really hasn't been doing it for them, so I think KCP is <laughs> clear-cut third guy. Uh, yeah, Kuzma thankful the Raps got rid of fucking Green because he's yeah. been playing atrocious. Well, he did this last year in the in the uh, playoffs, like he he, yeah. he yeah, ghosted. He ghosted completely. He's just like he's off and on. It's like he forgot. He's just got low confidence. You can tell. It's he he's kind of forgot how to be a basketball player. I worry about him sometimes on fast break layups. Like you know those, you know when you get yeah. like, <laughs> too much time in the open court and you think the guy's gonna come block you or you you try and adjust your shot. Like that's what I see from him right now. And you shouldn't be seeing that in a vet like him. No snakes in the bubble, man. He's uh, he's off his game. Um, yeah, I, I texted uh, you guys during the game. KCP, man, I swear to God, he hits every single corner three. Like, other than that, I, I believe it was either the first series or the first game against Houston that they dropped where he went like 0 for 13. I think it was Houston, actually, or 0 for 14. I swear to God, since then, he hits every single three-pointer. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, had, he's had an interesting year because he had a massive slump throughout the main like first couple of months of the season. And then apparently he actually started to go to a uh, lethal shooter um, to get uh, shooting coaching during the season, which is interesting. I didn't know that. Turn, That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Turned it around. Lethal shooter is the guy who practices shots on rims with no backboards and with his eyes closed. So good for him. Good on him. Uh, He's an Kuzma, interesting cat. Kuzma last yeah, game. Yeah, Kuzma played well. Nice. 
yeah, he's been shooting the ball from three real well. Markeith Morris, same thing. Um, but yeah, Danny Green just not doing it for me lately. So, Lave, let me ask you this: like, from a, a Lakers perspective, I find them, I, I found them the entire uh, way through to be a tough team to read because I find sometimes you have consistency with their depth, and sometimes you don't all the way through and then some games ad plays like a top five player ever and then sometimes he's a ghost and then lebron's been there uh mr consistent and then tonight he didn't he looked okay he didn't look amazing he didn't look too bad but it's it's tough for me to get a pulse on this squad other than the defensive consistency is typically there and they just somehow find a way to to beat you. And I think Rondo's really helping along with Braun, like read and react and get players um, going offensively. So, like, what are, what are your thoughts just on the Lakers as as a squad? Like, we've called them a clown car, but clearly they're they're winning games. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're probably right on. I could think they because they've had such different lineups all throughout the season, even when you know pre COVID. They still had Avery Bradley. They had Jared Dudley playing in some uh, some games. You know, like so their lineup's been different. They've been trying to find their identity the entire season through. And I think um, ever since Rondo's been back, they kind of the way I see it, they have you know their starters who um, you know they go out and do their thing. But Rondo really kind of anchors that second unit really well. He gets the ball moving when you don't really have that four general, and you don't want you know a guy like Kuzma doing what LeBron does on the second line and, and ISOing up top. So, so they have those two different units. The one thing I found interesting is they, they've kind of switched to small ball ever since the heat started doing that in the zone, which I didn't really agree with. It yeah. All I was going to get your guys take on that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just like, uh, they, 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 they should be running big. They're such a good rebounding team when they have all those bigs in there, but I don't know. It's working for but weren't them. They seeking Miami, and destroying? Well, but they were seeking and destroying Dwight. Which is, I'm pretty sure, why he's not getting minutes anymore. Like uh, Jimmy would just eye him up, ISO him, and I think their uh, like win loss rate on possessions was quite poor. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you see him get beat off the dribble every now and then from outside. So, that so would you say like just sort of putting an identity to this squad? Like, I, I find it's cerebral offensive play combined with consistent defensive intensity, and then sprinkle in. <laughs> Um, just incredible talent with LeBron and AD. Yeah, kind of I, I think that's, yeah, I, I wouldn't argue with that. Defense has been their their key all year long, and then LeBron. I mean, even tonight, we can we can talk about him a little bit later. But tonight, he he didn't look great, but he still had twenty eight, twelve, and eight. So he was still he was still LeBron. Yeah, he had a tough first half. Yeah, so first I half. thought the Lakes looked really good in the fast break tonight. Like they're scary when they have guys getting pushed down into the corner, LeBron or AD attacking. Yeah, that's when I get scared when it becomes a full court game and they're just passing the ball up the floor and it's like they're going to get a foul or they're going to score every single time with those bodies. Yeah, you can tell they're going to do something good on the fast break, whereas compare that to like if LeBron's got it, he's going downhill on the fast break. He usually finds the open guy and he's smart enough to slow up before getting a charge. And then you compare that to what we saw with the Raptors and Siakam trying to run the fast break. they just get out of control and then go downhill and, and, and take a charge. And the Heat are so good at, at doing that. So they've been smart on the fast break for sure. I've moved on. <laughs> no comment. I've moved yeah. on. 
Speaking of moving on, um, I think this is the first uh, bronze DM pod that I've not been boozing on. Having a having a tea, moving on from the beers today. <laughs> yeah, same. Congratulations. <laughs> no, I, I think I could use a coffee. To be, to be honest, if anything. Yeah, I could use a Joe Johnson too. Stewie Chains yeah. logging us in for uh, the late night pods. Yeah, we, we appreciate you guys. <laughs> uh, Lave, yes, dude, we appreciate you. And lay big ups for uh, calling in from uh, from the East Coast. Not all the way East Coast, but, you know, it's midnight where you are. So we appreciate yeah. you. If the Lakers lost, I might have failed on you last second, but I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> uh okay so any uh like we're moving on so it's, it's game four here you know in all likelihood lakers uh should take this next game maybe the game after can't see a heat coming uh or the heat coming back it was funny i think it was uh van gundy who was saying he was talking about like crazier things have happened in one of the games and it was like talking about like a theoretical heat rally and he was like no crazier things have not happened like there's no way that the heat can come back in this game <laughs> And I'm kind of feeling the, the, the same way. Like, for the Heat to come back from two down against this Laker team, especially when, you know, LeBron's sniffing it right now, I just can't see it happening. Yeah, I would agree. Can't see that happening at all. I would, be, I, I would be surprised if the Heat get one more game, to be quite frank. Yeah. Unless Dragic comes back. But, I mean, even if Dragic comes back, he's not going to be actually playing the way that he – usually does which honestly just sucks i would say that's my uh biggest disappointment of this series is just not being able to see the full miami lineup play because they're playing as such such a unit and i think that they probably could have taken it to six if they had their full lineup healthy this entire series i don't know i mean even if they had their full lineup i think they could have taken it seven maybe even win the series i think the heat agreed like game they've been close in in this series but it uh, it's the asterisk on this finals. If the, if the Lakers win, it's not going to be that it's the bubble series. It's going to be that the, the heat weren't healthy the whole series long. And so I, I agree. It kind of sucks. Name of the game, like name of the game. That's, that's how she goes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, we know about that <laughs> as rap fans. Yeah. We've been uh, on the positive end of that for sure um well let, let's uh let's get into that so we had this um we wanted to discuss like bubble ball uh legit or strix um and so i wanted to get your opinions on if we're you know what your views are if this championship is uh, le- legit or not uh from my perspective i've uh, i've 180 so originally and maybe not a full 180 because originally i had thought that with no crowd and just players being so out of whack that, you know, it would be kind of a myth. It wouldn't be like a full on championship. It wouldn't be necessarily like an asterisk. It would just kind of be a whatever, but especially with the Lakers winning, I think you got to chalk that up to a lot of positive leadership from LeBron and I'm not a LeBron guy. So, I mean, (laughs) take that how you may Uh, definitely don't want to confess that, but it is true to have the, team cohesion and the internal leadership to just get through all of the distractions even within a bubble where there shouldn't be distractions get to a final and ultimately win a final and the west was super competitive 
So even they they like dismantled the Rockets. The Nuggets, I mean, everybody wanted Clippers Nuggets, but that Nuggets was a fiery team. Like you can't blame LA. So to me, I'm I'm I wouldn't say I'm like this is the most impressive championship ever. Like I'm not in that camp, but I think this is like a full credit championship and a and a like probably you know, LeBron would have the 3-1 comeback is the most impressive. I might categorize this as number two on his resume. Interesting. Why would you uh, – you'd say this is number two just because of the circumstances of the bubble or – I think so. And I think, too, it also just aligns to, I think, the val- my perceived value of who LeBron is. I think he leads by example and truly is just completely bought into – the purpose of like winning a championship and what it takes to get there. And from the get go, even with getting a D and they don't have the best team ever, but he's somehow able to, and I like it. I mean, their coaching staff is obviously to credit to an organization, but when you have guys like we're, we're even just talking about right now, like KCP Rondo Dwight, like, Something is happening uniquely with that squad, and it always seems to happen with LeBron, that players are maximized in terms of their potential and totally bought into a united goal with no distractions. Which is interesting, too, Stu, because they even brought up in this game how, you know, two years ago when Rondo was in New Orleans, people thought Rondo's career was over, and now he's being placed beside a guy like LeBron and being one of the most arguably important players on the Lakers roster um, throughout the finals. And Dwight Howard had a massive role with them too. I mean, where was he last year? Atlanta? Yeah, Atlanta, Houston. I can't, I can't really. No, I think he, he might have been with Washington. He's just bounced around so much the last four right. years. So it's been interesting to almost watch Braun resurrect some guys that you thought were gone from the league, essentially. Yeah. He's been doing that his whole career, though. LeBron's been uh, been been in the business of making guys look way better than they should. Like he brings uh, right, kind of like kind of like brings... when, I, when Stu Mop was on my team for Mayton. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what that's like. Especially with the vets, I find like he doesn't always uh, seem to do it with the rookies, but definitely with the vets. But the one other thing I wanted to say, which Lave, I'm sure you're happy about, regardless of what your view is we're never going to forget this year and we're never going to forget this NBA championship. So in terms of a resume championship, like this is just a dynamic win for him that I feel like will shine on that resume in an interesting way. And nobody really has like a a comparable championship. And I think when you look at, you know, Black Black Lives Matter, movement the social justice that went down what the country was going through what happened the bubble it's kind of fitting that of course the lakers win r.i.p kobe uh and lebron's with the lakers like it it is it's crazy like it's like we're we're watching a scripted movie like it's (laughs) fucking crazy the nba has been like this forever though how often do you think about like this this certain situation, this is a scripted thing. Like the, the NBA just always seems to play. Even the 2016 NBA Finals, uh, that nobody can come back down from 3-1. Like everything just seemed like it was building up towards them coming back from 3-1. This year, Kobe dying, like uh, Lakers being in the NBA Finals. Uh, I think it's just, it's too good to be true. It's always been like that. But in terms of, uh, of this bubble championship, I thought, 
just the amount of time alone that they've been stuck in this bubble. Uh, I mean, that makes it so much harder than any other, any other, and the fact that they're in one spot, you know, and every other, every other year they're bouncing back and forth. They're seeing different cities. They're seeing their family. This year they're in one spot. They're deprived of their friends and family. So the mental toughness has to be through the roof to, to go through that. So I think it's for sure. I agree with everything you say. I think it's, it's probably tougher than most regular seasons, regular playoffs. And, uh, and I'm happy. I think the Lakers are going to win Friday. I think, uh, it's going to be a big celebration this weekend. Yeah. I think that to be honest, if there would have been much more of an asterisk on this, ironically, if the heat beat the Lakers, and that I think people probably would have slid to the side of, you know, teams like Miami and Denver made runs because they have a lot of inexperienced guys that didn't have to deal with crowds and, and the pressure of actually playing in stadiums um, and were able to kind of capitalize on that. Whereas if the Lakers win, there was already an expectation for them to win a championship this year. So I don't think there will be as much of an asterisk now that they're actually going to win the ring. So we're all united, no asterisks. Full credit championship. Full creds. Full credit. Right on. Okay. We were moving on from the uh, finals. A couple headlines to keep people up to speed on uh, and discuss. Uh, Doc to the 76ers. Interesting. Huge deal. I believe it was a five-year contract. I question why at times a coach at that age wouldn't want to just put your feet up for a little while and hang out. But hey, why not uh, move across the country, land with the 76ers and try and resurrect uh, Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers. So I'm all in. I think think he's going to be a good fit there. I like it based on personalities. Yeah. What do you guys think? I wonder why, after only one year with the Clippers and that new squad, I wonder why he was out. I guess there must have been something going on there that we don't know about. I, I'm more interested in that than I am the 76ers deal because yeah. it'll be great and time will tell if he can actually fix whatever problems Joel Embiid has. But I wonder why he only There's two. One I've, year. I've heard two theories on that. Yeah, go. One is his inability to make uh, in-game adjustments. So if you look at it just by an X's and O's standpoint that he was getting out coached throughout the playoffs, that was one uh, belief. And then the second belief was uh, Balmer is more just with like the amount of investment in this team in the short time frame. It's just a, a zero tolerance policy. And I will say just like one thing maybe to, to add for the purposes of discussion. I think Doc Rivers is an amazing human. I don't know if you guys have seen that Netflix documentary like The Playbook, but He's all class. He's Ubuntu. so good. Yeah, Ubuntu. Ubuntu, I baby. I love it. Um, but he's had a lot of great squads and uh, hasn't had a ton of championship success. So, anyway, I love the man. But, uh, yeah. But anyway, so, like, just that, I think that would be the, uh, the response to the why as it stands right now. Yeah. He's just, I don't think he's a great coach. That's all I'll say. I think he's a class act human, but I think he, I just, I, I agree. I think there's a lot better coaches than him in the NBA and he gets this reputation probably just because he's dealt with so many tough things so well. Like he's just such a classy 
um, face of the coaching in, in the NBA. Like he, he, he's just, he's handled so many tough situations like with Sterling, with Black Lives Matter, with, um, you know, everything that's gone on. So he credits him for that. But I do think he's, he's a little bit overhyped as a coach. He did beat Phil Jackson in a final. Uh, so. did, did he beat Phil Jackson or did, or did, <laughs> or did who? His, his entire uh, amazing Kevin, team. Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, yeah. Paul Pierce, Rondo. Big, oh, big yeah. Baby, big Baby Davis, of course. Yeah. Hey, championships are hard to win, but I will say just in terms of uh, a comparison, I that's one of my favorite championship teams because I've, I've, I've – in reflecting, that was when I was tuned into basketball, and a lot of their bench players at that time really stepped up. Like you had guys like – uh, big baby Davis, yeah, man. Um, James Posey. Who, who is who is their uh, the tatted guy that they had? Eddie House. Yes, Eddie yeah. House, man. Yeah. Yes. Did Eddie House do anything in that series? Yeah, Eddie House was nice. Eddie House. Dude, uh, I think he iced team. them. I the think funny uh, Eddie House story uh, when we were in Phoenix, he threw up his headband into the stands at the end of the game, and Brendan caught it. No way. Yeah, so he's he's got it in the uh, in the closet. Slayers. Does it help his busted jumper when he puts it on? Uh, no, still can't shoot threes, but wore it for a while in attempt to uh, fix it. Yeah, he can't channel that inner Mamba like his brother Jay. Yeah, not Man, to, what is not quite. What a squad here! I'm looking at it right now. Ray Allen, Tony Allen, Leon PJ, Poe. Uh, PJ Brown, Sam Cassell, Glenn Davis, Kevin Garnett, Eddie House, Kendrick Perkins. Perk played well in that Sam, too. Sam Cassell did get a ring. I forgot about that. Uh, Paul Pierce, Scott Pollard, James Posey, Leon Poe, Gabe Pruitt. I don't even know who that is. Uh, Rajon Rondo, and the one, the only, the Red Mamba, Brian Scalabrini. Right. Hey, did did Posey end up getting a ring with the uh, Wade Braun and Bosch? Miami team as well. Oh, that's a good question. Or did, was he part of the first year when they lost? I think he was on. He, he won. A, he was, won in both. He won in Miami and in Boston. Did he? Crazy. Two thousand five, two thousand six with Miami. Yeah, he won. He won that. Uh, anyway, this is not a James Posey podcast. <laughs> hey, let's, uh, Stu, back bringing it back, bringing it back to Doc. Posey. I uh, my only comment is, I agree with you, Stu, that his personality is great. And I think he's a big time players coach, which the locker room issues seem to be the biggest thing in Philly, not the talent. So who knows, maybe he can kind of bring, bring the fellows together with uh, some of his expertise in, in leadership. Um, but fuck dude, I don't know. Like the 76ers are just a lost unit. And I think that in order for that franchise to move forward, that they got to either be all in on Embiid or, uh, Simmons, uh, in order to kind of figure out that squad, because it's such a odd-looking dynamic. I'm Team Simmons. Uh, we've talked a lot about that on the pod. Uh, I think it's the Tobias Harris contract that, like, they're essentially screwed. Right. That that, and they have no consistent shooting on that squad, and it's it's uh, it's 2020. I don't know how you can operate an NBA team without three-point shooters. Yeah, I believe uh, like a week ago on JJ Reddick's podcast, he was like quoted saying they really fucked up letting me leave to New Orleans because they lost all their shooting. You, you know, sometimes it, sometimes it's fans. 
And sometimes as fans, we're just having a podcast, like we're critical of moves and it's kind of like, what do you know? You're not a GM. I feel like that was something that like, no, you can understand that that was a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. He was literally their only shooter. Tobias Harris. I thought he was a way way better three point shooter than he actually is, but they lost, uh, they lost JJ and they kind of lost all that side threat. Yes. Uh, one of the reasons why Rachel Nichols was saying or reported that uh, Doc is a candidate trying to maximize player potential, that uh, Tobias Harris is like the project. They've obviously invested a ton in him and he didn't have the best year last year. So uh, they're hoping to, instead of like blow things up, try and get him back to, you know, a top tier caliber player so that they have like their own big three. But I think, you know, you guys are right. They don't have a supporting cast. Um, and you would have to then trade theoretically one of those three guys, but nobody's taking Tobias Harris as it stands, uh, right now. So your options are, are limited. Yeah. I think, uh, maybe Ben Simmons comes out and becomes a 35% three point shooter next year. You never know. He's had a lot of time uh, in the off season to think about it. So big fan. Love, love, uh, love Ben Simmons. I like him too. I don't know if I'd I'd go that far. I, I appreciate his game, but the guy's got to be able to shoot the three if he wants to be a point guard. I mean, he is six ten, or maybe he just shouldn't be a fucking point guard. And he should be a shooting guy. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. No, you're probably right. I think that and uh, Joel Embiid needs to understand proper uh, weight management and uh, a healthy diet as an NBA player. Yeah. Sons Big Mac pre games. Yeah, no more Big Mac pregames, no more uh, ice cream Sunday postgames, and uh, just in general, he needs to drop a little bit of weight. Um, speaking of weight, I got uh, I got some weight on my chest, boys, <laughs> and that is because once again, Kyrie has some ill-timed, or what I'm going to view as ill-timed <laughs> remarks uh, about. You know, obviously alluding to uh, LeBron James in his um, pontif- as he was pontificating that he's never had a shooter that he feels he could count on that would be an equal or better uh, person in the clutch. Um, obviously, everybody's going to take that as a shot at LeBron. I don't know why these guys say the things that they do, especially the timing of it. He looks like, just me riffing here a little bit, he looks like such a square in this case because LeBron's literally leading a championship, playing the best basketball of his life. Clearly, maybe not best basketball of his life, but he's playing incredible basketball. Um, He's going to win a championship. And then we have Kyrie, who's not in the bubble, who's shooting off again, who's proven he can't be a leader, who has nothing outside of a team with LeBron to brag about in terms of what's on his resume. And I can't figure out why this guy's shooting off again. One more thing before I let you guys go, looked at the numbers. LeBron's clutch numbers are some of the best numbers in, in like NBA history. Like he's better than Kyrie in clutch minutes. Yeah. I mean, I could go all day about it. So I'm going to, I'll let Jay go first, but I think Kyrie's just got daddy issues with LeBron. It's like, you know, he was he was like LeBron's little son on Cleveland, and then he 
he tried to take his fame and then he left them and everybody thought that he couldn't hoop without LeBron. And I mean, hasn't really had amazing years outside of some good seasons, but a lot of injuries. I don't know. Kyrie is just a whack fucking Sandy, man. I don't fuck with Kyrie. I'd like to cheer for Nash. And I honestly really like KD, but I just cannot get on board with Brooklyn due to Kyrie being on that squad. He's just he's just such a schlub. He's just not cool. Like, I, 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 I can't. I can't do it either. I can't I can't even watch like I tried to watch his little spiel on like about Kobe and stuff with his little fucking like hippie shit going on in the background. And I was just like, fuck this dude. I can't even listen to this guy. He's a clown. Yeah. He is uh he's a coward in my opinion, which is like a, a, a word that I reserve for uh, the worst of the worst when it comes to saying things like that in public but he says all these things and he it's like he says it and doesn't expect the backlash to come from it but as soon as the backlash comes he completely tries to 180 his position and say oh he wasn't trying to start all this shit we know damn well he's trying to like stir the pot for whatever reasons whatever selfish reasons he has going on but then when people come out and call him out for it, he's just he completely goes inside of himself and he's just he's a coward, I think, when he says stuff like that. So he's obviously wrong. Everyone no one took that statement seriously. I don't think anyone takes anything he says seriously anymore because he is a in the words of Jay Lee, a schlub. Um It is it's too it's too bad in my opinion though. I mean, like even you know, for Canadian basketball it's pretty exciting with Nash and then you just see guys like this who you know, Brooklyn's team culture is, is really not created given that KD or Kyrie didn't play last year. So with Nash on board and a new really starting lineup and their actual stars being back, it's the first year of what the Brooklyn Nets could actually become. And it's just shitty to see a team that has so much potential already have their leaders talking smack and particularly coming from a guy who's supposed to be a veteran in the league now, just creating unnecessary drama when you're not even in the fucking playoffs. Like, why are you talking about that stuff right now? I'm worried that he's, uh, he's going to be the reason Steve Nash has a very short lived coaching career. He's going to have one or two years there. And because Kyrie is going to probably spout off in the media and say that, you know, whatever problems they might be having down the line, are due to Steve Nash. It's going to be the reason that he, he maybe doesn't go far. I'm hoping that's not the case, but I worry about that. It's a weird position, I think, for us as fans to be in because the optimist in me says that he was hired because of his relationship with KD and because he has a fantastic, like, player relationship. Like, he he sort of bridges the gap, whether it's management, coaching, players, He's just, he has that personality and that's why he got that job. So on one hand, I'm optimistic that he's going to be able to make it work. I also love watching Kevin Durant and um, I love, I would love to see a, a KD LeBron final. And man, if, if there was actually like a Knicks team with KD against LeBron and the Lakers, like that would be a ton of fun. But even with Steve Nash, one of my you know all time favorite players as a coach, I can't get behind it because this man just says ridiculous things and the timing of all of these things bothers me. I don't want to get into like the political side of things because, you know, he went in with uh, like Steven Jackson on, you know, players shouldn't be going into the bubble. 
Um, that's, you know, that's going to be a distraction from real issues. Not necessarily going to touch on that, but I also feel like the way he handled it was also cutting at LeBron, who's leading the charge to like go in the bubble and develop that platform, which I think is a totally um, reasonable, reasonable, rational and uh, great thing to do. So it's just all of these like passive aggressive um, metaphorical shots that he's firing out there. And it just drives me nuts. Ugh. Lose yeah. bad taste in my mouth. Some of the analyst terms uh, for for Gilbert, or, or sorry, <laughs> I ruined what I was going to say for uh, Kyrie. They call him a less interesting Gilbert Arenas. Uh, <laughs> they call him Brad, Bradley Beal with a ring. Kendrick Perkins calls him Bird Brain. One other analyst says uh, that he would be John Wall right now if he ever if he didn't ever play with LeBron James. So mm, interesting yeah. take. <laughs> I think those are all so accurate. This man has to have some respect for Papa LeBron, for the guy who gave him daddy issues. He's the reason that he has a ring with Cleveland in the first place. He's the reason that he's able to go around and kind of trout around like he's hot shit in the NBA. Because without that, he really wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, he was just a, a good ISO player. He wasn't a champion. Agreed. Well, I uh, surprising word that Moth used that I think is relevant to what Kyrie continuously does is just to pontificate fucking everything he's just yeah. annoying everything he says is pompous and it's it's just got to be about him like it's always got to be about him even if he's not in the finals if he can't make it into the bubble Kyrie's whack sandy he needs a he needs a good stable wife to keep him uh to keep him grounded <laughs> is there something you want to elaborate on there wow I don't know. <laughs> uh no, I'll just leave it at that. I'll let the viewers, uh, the <laughs> listeners, figure that one out. No, I honestly, I think he, he had a bad breakup. I think with uh, he was dating Kaylani, and mm-hmm. that happened. I don't know five six years ago, but he was just. I think he's been an emotional wreck ever since. So he needs he needs some stability in his life to keep him to keep him grounded. I thought, thought you're gonna tell me that you banged Kyrie's wife. <laughs> I would, abs- <laughs> would absolutely love to if he had one because I'm sure she'd be fantastic looking. <laughs> um yeah i was gonna say you know what the cure for uh being an emotional wreck is uh tell us to go play for boston and sign a max <laughs> deal and then sing single-handedly dismantle your squad create internal conflict and then leave to the brooklyn nets <laughs> yeah i think that's the recipe well uh moving on on a more positive note and people uh i think that we're viewing very positively at the moment um everybody's favorite topic is player x a guy's guy Uh, we know who's in the finals we know who seems to be a good hang who's got the spotlight on him right now uh our boy jimmy butler now a little bit of a backstory here nick you and jimmy have uh, gone back and forth via dms i believe we trashed jimmy uh on a few different occasions uh after the minnesota exit and at other times however since joining miami this man is singing luke comb songs on uh boats in miami on the coast he's wearing uh, other player jerseys from his own locker room to celebrate them 
It's got a contagious vibe, seems to be high on life, totally bought into the Miami Heat. So I felt um, he seems to be in a good place. And if he's evolving, you know, so will this podcast and we will analyze him once again. Uh, So, Justin, we're going to start with you revisiting Jimmy Butler. Is Jimmy Butler a guy's guy? Uh, Before I give my opinion, can I... Uh, Lave, can you remind me what your text uh, DMs with uh, with Jimmy were? I, I actually forget. He, I think, I think the context was it was uh, last season, uh, the Raptors championship season. So this was early on in the season. Um, I'd say twenty games, twenty five games in, and the Sixers were struggling, and so Jimmy Butler was interviewed in the post game. And it, ha- it wasn't the first time that he had called his teammates out there. This was obviously after the whole kind of breakdown with the with the T Wolves too. But I just told him to stop spouting off on his teammates in the media because he looks like a fucking coward. And then he told me <laughs> to not only eat one dick but two dicks, and told me that my opinion didn't matter to him. So uh, I right. just, you know, he hasn't been a guy's guy in my opinion. And, and word for word, he told me to eat a dick. Actually, wait, no, eat two. That was the text. Wow, what a what a what a chirp, Jimmy. Um, well, you <laughs> might have me rethinking what I what I was gonna say here. Uh, <laughs> um, my feedback on Jimmy is, I mean, I think gritty players aren't always able to be liked, and I think this is the first team that has gritty guys surrounding him. Uh, going back to the criteria for being a guys guy, fellas, sipping brewskis. Uh, at the Lee cabin, are we stoked to see Jimmy? I think the answer is yes. Uh, I actually think that Jimmy is good shit. I think Jimmy would crush beers. And I think he's a hard worker. So I feel like, you know, he wouldn't be like the Tanner gets, get blacked out and not do anything in the morning, doesn't help with breaking leaves, you know, dishes, things like that. I think Jimmy would be up there at her, helping out, wanting to do activities, drinking beers, and ultimately he'd probably bring the boys... Uh, some what is it? Big face coffee is that his brand in the bubble? Big face coffee. Big face coffee. Yeah, I fuck with Jimmy. Jimmy's a guy's guy. He's he's cool in my books. Outside of him telling Laves to eat two dicks, but I'm cool with him. What do you, what do you think of the uh, the unkempt vibe? So uh, it, it's very reminiscent to you know a big uh, big weekend at the cabin, if you will. You know the mustache is a bit of like a longer length than the beard. You got a little bit of of hair on the neck and throat. Not sure what's going on there, but it's kind of a vibe. I think if Jordan Pine were an NBA player, not based on his skill level, but on his temperament, uh, <laughs> then it might be Jimmy. <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah, I don't like it. I think, uh, well, I shouldn't say much. My hair's absolutely ridiculous right now, so I'm a bit unkempt. I can't talk. I'm going to stop myself before I say anything on on crappy beards and long unkempt hair so what are you going to tell us about jimmy buckets yeah i I don't want to say this but (laughs) i like him i think he's great i don't want to say this after the the breakdown of the situation i just gave where he told me to eat two dicks but i promised promised andrew rowan that i would say it because uh he's been on my case ever since the first pod when we when we broke down jimmy buckets and and we I don't know if that was on the first pod that we did that one, but he heard it and he's he's been giving me crap about it ever since, saying that he is a guy's guy. And 
I think just looking back on it now, he just had some, he played with a lot of soft teammates and uh, this is finally, I mean, with the exception of Chicago, I think he had good teammates in Chicago, but I think this is finally the year where he got, yeah, this is the final year where he's got some tough grit um, around him and guys that play like him just, um, you know, backs against the wall. They're still going to fight. They're going to play hard. And so I think a lot of times what I maybe mistook for him calling his teammates out and, and kind of, um, transferring some of the blame to them, I think, is actually just he realized it, and most other people should have realized it, but he's just playing with some soft talent. So he's a guy's guy. Uh, I know the guy's guy criteria is anything we want it to be, so Jay said it uh, regarding beers. I think he would slam beers. And uh, I'm pretty sure that's Jay's only criteria when it comes to a guy's guy. He doesn't actually care about anything basketball-related in this. It's pretty, it's pretty important to me. It is sure. important, yeah. So, yeah, guys, guy, go Jimmy Buckets. I'm, uh, I'm excited for him to lose Friday, though. <laughs> yes, and he, uh, maybe the Heat. I could see the Heat getting, getting another game. Yeah, maybe. Indeed, indeed. Being a guys, guy, that can be an evolving thing. People evolve, mature. Uh, I don't know. Maybe one day we'll think that Kyrie is a guys, guy. not a chance bad chance (laughs) all right well gentlemen shorter than usual uh pod but uh we are past midnight eastern time again appreciate you boys jumping on the pod probably going to be the uh the second last one have the goal of finishing a full season we're almost there uh we will do a championship pod potentially combine that review one final one uh, do a fun one. Potentially bring all the boys uh, on the uh, on the chat on the pod uh, and do a season in review, which might get a little bit uh, chaotic, but but could be a fun time. Uh, any final words from you guys before we uh, jet on out of here? Uh, not a whole. Yeah, not not much for me. I'm actually uh, trying to struggle to find words because I'm so tired. But have a good sleep, boys. Yeah, stay blessed, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nighty night, gents. Uh, you take care. We'll see you on the flip side. Peace. Adios. Host. Thanks for hosting, Stu. Yeah. All right. Okay, we'll see you, boys. Bye. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. All right. All right. Uh-huh. Overcame some obstacles, yeah. tightened up my opticals yeah. My focus be untoppable, unstoppable, unfloppable My words is very optimal, my style ain't very copable Ain't about the price, about what's high, stop, drop a roll Raps to make an honor roll like stop a